chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable hearsays, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now, Peter is writing to Jewish Christians, and the people he is talking about is Israel. Let me say it again. Peter is writing to Jewish Christians, and when he says, and the people, he is referring to Israel. There were false prophets among the people of Israel. And he goes on to say, just like there were false prophets, then there will be false teachers that will come to them, trying to turn their hearts from the truth that was taught by him and the rest of the apostles. This is why Peter said that as long as he was alive and even after his departure, he wanted them to remember the truth that was given unto them. Peter knew that apostasy was coming. Listen, you have to understand that false teachers will say some things that are truth. And they use this approach to lure you in. Jesus says this in, in, in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Paul warned the elders of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20 and verse 29. He says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. All right, verse number two. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with finished words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. In this short passage, we see four things about the false teachers and their teachings. Number one, we see the cause of false teaching, and that is, it is evil ambition. These teachers, in their greed, will tell you anything to get hold of your money. It is evil ambition. False teaching comes from the desire to put his own ideas in the place of the truth of Jesus Christ. The false teacher is guilty of nothing less than of usurping the place of Jesus Christ. All right, number two, we see the method of false teaching. We see the method of false teaching. Falsehood is easily resisted when it is presented as falsehood. It is when it is disguised as truth that it becomes very dangerous. Any teacher's teaching must be tested by the words and presence of Jesus Christ himself. All right, number three, we see the effect of the false teaching. It encouraged men to take, a, to take the way of immorality. The false teachers were telling people that grace was inexhaustible and that therefore they were free to sin as much as they wanted to because grace would forgive. Listen, any teaching which produces a person who repels men and women from Christ instead of attracting them to it is false teaching. And it is the work of those who are enemies of Christ. Listen, any teaching which produces a person who repels men and women from Christianity instead of attracting them to it is false teaching and the work of those who are enemies of Christ. All right, number four, we see the ultimate end of false teaching, and that is destruction. Sentence was passed on the false prophets 
long ago. And every false teacher today will pay the terrible price of their falsehood. No man who leads another astray will ever escape his own judgment. Verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodliness or of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Peter uses the reference of the flood of Noah's day, which came upon the old world, to illustrate the future universal judgment of this world. The deliverance of Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah is used to illustrate the fact that God would deliver his own from the coming universal judgment. All right, look at verse number 10. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not really an accusation against them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. And they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that counted pleasure to rot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Now, Balaam is mentioned three times in the closing books of the New Testament. In the book of Jude, it is the error of Balaam. In the book of Revelation, it is the doctrine of Balaam. And in Second Peter, it is the way of Balaam. Now, what is the way of Balaam? Peter says here that he is the son of Boza who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Balaam knew that he shouldn't go up and prophesy against Israel, but he loved the price that was offered to him. Therefore, the way of Balaam is the covetousness of one who does religious work for personal profit. And this is one of the ways a false religious teacher can be identified. He loves money. All right. Verse 16. But was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. 
These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are lured through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. For for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Peter says here that the false teachers pervert the truth of God. And they do it for their own advantage. These false teachers exalt themselves instead of exalting Christ. They do not use the word of God except for a few little proof texts that more or less cloak their teachings with a pious halo. They use big words which are counterfeit words. They try to impress people into believing that they are very intellectual and very intelligent And they are interested in making money. They promise people freedom. In other words, free to do whatever a person's heart desires. All sorts of immorality. They call that freedom but fail to realize that they themselves are not free. They are slaves. They are slaves to the sin master. Then Peter concludes all this by saying that it would actually have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it and to turn from the gospel. Dr. A.C. Gabelin says it best. He says, friends, if you came in here today unsaved and you walk out of here unsaved, I am the worst enemy you have ever had because you have heard the gospel and you can never go into the presence of God and tell him that you have never heard the gospel. You have heard it and it would be worse for you when God pronounces judgment than for any heathen in the darkest part of the earth today. That is well said. That is well said. Listen, this is why the false teachers shall receive a greater judgment, because they know the word of God, but have chosen to go against it for personal gain. All right, verse 22. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, Peter speaks of these false teachers using the term dog. It's interesting that he would use the term dog. And the reason why he used the term dog is because to the Jewish mind, there was nothing lower than a dog. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. Peter draws this from Proverbs 26 and verse 11. And he, and he, and he uses this to show that they will return to their true, natural, unchanged conditions. He's speaking here of the false teachers. 